Hello and welcome to Hogan Lovell's Newsbeat, the podcast designed to keep you up to date with what's been happening in the world of pensions over the last two weeks. I'm Claire Southern from the HL team and I'll be taking you through the twists and turns of the last 14 days. In this session, we'll be looking at the pension regulators report on the LDI debacle of 2022, some developments on the gender pensions gap, information for trustees on data breaches and a court of appeal ruling on the railways pension scheme. So hold on to your hats and we'll get going. On the 7th of February, the House of Commons Work and Pensions Committee published a report submitted by the pensions regulator on the impact of the liability-driven investment episode of 2022. The report makes clear that the precise impact of the LDI episode will not be known until each scheme has completed its next triannual valuation. It further notes that whilst the situation in autumn 2022 brought into focus the size and scale of Scheme's investment in LDI, the movement in gilt values led to a significant improvement in funding levels over 2022. A rather nice sidestep of the issue by the pensions regulator there, I thought. The report also highlighted the pensions regulator's ongoing work in this area, including building partnerships with national and international regulators, including the FCA and Bank of England, to monitor fund managers who provide LDI-style investments, improving operational processes within schemes to enable them to respond more effectively to market events, considering further guidance or statements where appropriate, and continued engagement with industry and public bodies to monitor the position and raise awareness of risks that may arise. So next up, also on the 7th of February, obviously a popular day, Now Pensions and the Pensions Policy Institute published the 2024 Gender Pensions Gap Report. The report found that women retiring today at age 67 have average pension savings of £69,000 compared to men's of £205,000. In order to close this gap, women would need to work an extra 19 years to retire with the same pension amount as men. 67% of pensioners in poverty are women. Interestingly, though, it also found that women are more likely than men to take part in defined benefit workplace pension schemes, largely due to the availability of public sector defined benefit schemes in healthcare and education, where women are employed more than men. Moving on, the pensions regulator has published a regulatory intervention report on the Capita cybersecurity incident from March last year. The report sets out the key steps trustees should take in the event of a cybersecurity incident including communicating early with the employer administrator of the service providers to understand how members of the scheme are impacted, notifying the pensions regulator and the information commissioner's office if any personal details are involved, considering whether any immediate actions are required to safeguard members' benefits, which may include changes to security procedures to combat identity fraud, communicating with members and signposting to appropriate guidance so they can take necessary actions to protect their personal data, and giving warnings about pension scams. Nicola Parrish, Executive Director of Frontline Regulation at the Pensions Regulator, said the report clearly demonstrates the rapid action the pension regulator takes to protect savers. The incident also highlighted the importance of trustees having robust cybersecurity and business continuity plans in place. I have to say, I'm not sure all people on the receiving end of the capita situation felt that there was anything very rapid about the response that they received. 
Now, next up, we've also had a judgment handed down on the railway's pension scheme. Quite a bit of the case is really only of interest for true pensions nerds, as the railway's pension scheme has a relatively unusual design and is overlaid with legislative protection for members. The point of wider general interest that did come out, however, is judicial confirmation that an actuary is more than a mere human calculator. The court decided that where an actuary had a discretion to determine contribution rates, it was exactly that, an action that required thought and judgment and not simply performing a mathematical calculation. And I can hear cheers going up from actuaries all over the country at that small affirmation. And finally, some odds and sods to throw in. On the 8th of February, the DWP announced the launch of the Small Pops Delivery Group. The group has representation from various industry bodies and will be chaired by the Department of Work and Pensions. It will provide recommendations on how best to manage the small pots issue. We've also had confirmation from the Department of Work and Pensions that the automatic enrolment thresholds for the tax year 2024-2025 will remain as they currently are. And finally, HMRC has issued some guidance on how the new pension commencement excess lump sums will work in practice. One to get the tax types excited there. So, a big thank you for listening to the session. I hope you've enjoyed the whip through of the last two weeks. If you'd like to know more about us, click on the link and check us out. Thank you.